Hi, this is Lindsay Krulock. If you want to be empowered to chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact, then listen to The Qualified with my friend, Ryan Huff. This is The Qualified. The Qualified. The Qualified. El Calificado. The Qualified with Ryan Huff. All right, let's rock and roll. So uh, we're going to go and start and we'll go from there. All right, cool. This is always a part that I got to like get the nerves and then rock and roll and then go from there. All right, hype, let's go. Hype yourself up for it. Exactly. Boom, boom, boom. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's go. One, two, three, five. What's going on, Qualified Family? Hope you're having an amazing day as always. And welcome back to the Qualified where we showcase God's goodness with the ultimate goal being to empower you to chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. Y'all, I am super excited about today's episode. I have an incredible guest with us today, and we're continuing the series on testimony in the making. You guys, this is an incredible series that I'm super excited about where we showcase God's goodness through the process of believing for a miracle. We, we see people that are going through a difficult time in their life that most people might say like, well, there's no good in this whatsoever, but we're able to showcase people's stories and their journeys as they're walking through a difficult time where they still are believing for their miracle, believing for God to come through, but they're also seeing in that same time, God already coming through in their life, showing them different things, showing them different opportunities and ways to grow and ultimately give him glory and see his faithfulness and goodness through that entire process. And I'm super excited to get in this episode with you guys today. So y'all, this podcast, if you are new to the Qualified, first of all, welcome back. If you're not new and you're already part of the Qualified family, thank you so much for listening and welcome back as well. Y'all, the reason we call this show The Qualified is because I believe we are all qualified to make a difference with this beautiful gift of life that we've been given. However, there's a massive difference between having potential and actually going out there and doing something with it, right? That's why in this show we discuss topics, ideas, strategies, things I've done in my life as well as things of inspiring guests that they've done in theirs that have helped to make a change. And my hope is that something that is shared empowers you to ultimately start living the qualified life, uh, start living the life that you're qualified to live. Because I can promise you that whenever you're performing at a level that you know is below your capability of performing at, it's going to be impossible for you to feel great about yourself. So I want you to go out there and live the qualified life. You're here for a purpose. You're here for more. You're created for more. So never settle for less. Y'all, let's rock and roll. Um, I'm going to go ahead and open up with a quick word of prayer. But before I do that, I got to remind you guys, this podcast is absolutely free. So we don't run ads in this show. You're not going to hear, you know, 15 minutes of ads for a product you probably won't use. <laughs> Respect the people who don't, who you do that stuff, but that's not me. That's not my show, right? So I want to be able to listen to a show all the way through without any interruption. So since we do that on this show, the only thing that I ask, the fee that I do ask that, that, that I charge in the show would be this. Whenever you get value of this show or any other episode on this on this series, would you please share it out with at least one person? Let them know that you enjoyed it and take about two minutes to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That would be incredible if you could do that for me. So that being said, a little housekeeping, rocking and rolling. Let's open up with a quick word of prayer and then we'll go from there. So Father God, thank you so much for this amazing day. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to connect with this incredible woman, Miss Lindsay Krulock. And Lord, I just thank you so much for um, for her boldness and her courage to share her story. And not only that, to bring glory and honor to, to your name uh, because of what she's walking through. Father, I just pray blessings over this conversation. I pray, uh, Exodus 4.12, that you would 
be that you would speak through um, Lindsay and I's lips today, Father, and give us the right words to say, and ultimately that this conversation would empower people to chase their potential and live a life that does make a positive impact, living the life that you've qualified us to live. In your powerful name, I pray. Amen. All right. Well, Lindsay, welcome to the Qualified Girl. I'm super excited for you to be here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad you asked me to join. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, um, I'm going to go to open up the floor to you real quick. Why don't you just tell us a little about yourself and then we'll go into uh, our story. Like, you know, tell us where you're from. Um, and then, um, yeah, let's go from there. Kind of get it, get it started from there. So um, I'm from uh, like Lancaster, Pennsylvania area. Um, I've grown up there pretty much my whole life, lived in Nashville for a little while, but uh, now I'm back here in Pennsylvania. Um so kind of give you a little bit of my faith background too. Like I, I grew up as like a Catholic most of my life and kind of what I was doing was um, checking boxes with my faith all the time. It was kind of like, uh, I have to do this. I have to go to mass. I have to go to confession. I have to say the rosary. I have to um, say all these Catholic prayers all the time. And um, when I was doing that, I didn't realize that my faith um I was trying to kind of con take control over my salvation most of my life. Um, and kind of a little bit of the story that I'm, you guys are going to hear today is kind of God um, that control away from me and showing me that he's in control um, and that type of thing. So. Absolutely. So a little bit of your background as well, like you were um, like, what were you doing? So Lindsay has an incredible story of how essentially she got diagnosed with, with MS and it kind of, sidelined her entire life so kind of tell us a little bit about like what you were doing before then like you know you, you were you know touring with some doing some incredible things in the music industry and such so like kind of tell us a little bit about what you were up to before uh life kind of happened yeah so i mentioned that i lived in nashville for a little bit that's kind of like where i was living at the time um at this point i'd probably been living there for about six or seven years and i just had been out of college for a few years and was working um and pretty much like my dream job in the music business. I was doing tour promotion and um, marketing, digital marketing and things like that for Garth Brooks tour. And so like, if you know anything about country music, you know, Garth Brooks is like the goat <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much, um, yep. So I couldn't like possibly think of, you know, having any of a better job at that time. And like also at that time too, like I had friends living there, like was having the best time with, you know, the circle of people that I had, I was even kind of in this position where I was about to get a promotion at my job. Um, so there was kind of like a lot of things right there in my life where it felt like, you know, all my dreams are coming true. And it just really couldn't get much better than that. Like, I thought that was like the peak of happiness, pretty much. Um, right. And then um, kind of while that was all going on, I was not feeling well. Um, I was finding myself like just feeling totally exhausted, like struggling to get through the work day. Um, I was sleeping in my car. Like I first off, like driving home from work was hard. Like it was almost impossible. I was like fighting to keep my eyes open. My arms felt heavy, like that type of thing. And by the time I got home in my apartment, I was like, I can't even walk into my house right now. <laughs> like I got to really? sleep in my car and take a nap before I could even get up and like walk literally two steps into my front door. Like extreme um, fatigue that you're just feeling at that time yeah it was horrible it was it was almost like flu because there was this heaviness and every it was it was insane um i still like 
deal with that now, but it was at the time, it was just really hard to, you know, keep pressing in and doing what I was doing. And it was definitely my body sending me a big signal that like something's wrong here. And um, like, while that was going on, I even called my mom and I was like, Hey, like, no, I'm not feeling good. Something's not right. Like I have a history of like thyroid problems. So I was like, well, maybe my thyroid's bad again. Maybe it's not regulated like it is. And that's why I'm so tired. You know, it was all that type of stuff. Um, so I did, like, I went to urgent care to get testing done and they kind of were like, well, maybe you might have mono. So they tested me for mono. Um, and then just had blood work done and all that kind of stuff. Like the mono test came back normal. Blood work was like all good, except for like some vitamin level imbalances, like B12 and vitamin D, like they were low. So I just, you know, supplemented with that and was like, okay, let's just keep going. You know, maybe I just need to suck it up. Maybe this is all in my head. Um, you know, just kept, just kept pushing in and kept going to work and kept, you know, doing everything I did normally. Um, and, uh, but I found it wasn't getting better. I was like starting to have trouble even like breathing when I went up this flight of steps, like I was totally winded and I'm like, for, I was like in my late twenties at the time. So for somebody at that age to be totally winded after going up a flight of steps, like that's not, um, yeah. normal at all. Yeah. Um, so I had called my mom again and I was like, Hey, like this is not getting better. I don't feel good. Um, so she quickly like scheduled a trip down to come visit me. Cause she's like, I think I need to touch base with you and just kind of see what's going on here. Maybe we can figure this out together. And I think she was also worried. So like as a mom, like her setting her eyes on me and just seeing if I was okay, was important to her um, right. with me being, you know, hours away from home. Um, right. So when were she you pretty active down- prior to this time? Like, were you like, you know, get it working out, getting outside that sort of thing? Yeah, I was working out daily. Every, I mean, that's something I've always done. I played basketball in high school. So like fitness is like a big, important thing to me. It's always been a part yeah. of my life, but my workouts were hard. They were becoming a lot harder. Um, and so like, you know, that typically like the struggle with that, like that's when I really noticed, you know, that things were kind of off. Yeah. Um, but while my mom was visiting me, like she got, we just got like, you know, some food and stuff and supplements. Cause she was like, well, maybe it's just like nutrition. Like I always ate like pretty healthy too. Like my diet, I always cared about, but she was like, maybe we just need to like fill in some gaps here and figure it out. Um, but the day before she was ready to leave, I woke up. I mean, this was like definitely 100% God's timing because I don't know like what I would have done if she had already left with all this going on. Um, I woke up and I was like literally seeing double. Um, my eyes were like feeling funky. And like when we were driving in the car, cars looked like they were coming straight at me. Um, I had like no bearings on my surroundings. I didn't know where things were when I took a step. The floor felt like it was like up at my face. Um, wow. So I was kind of like walking around like a drunk. Um, and I told my mom, <laughs> I was like, you know, maybe I'm just dehydrated. Like maybe that's why my eyes are being weird. Like, I don't know. So we went and got, you know, coconut water and just like tried to kind of see if that helped the problem. But then later that evening, I went into the bathroom to like get ready for bed and brush my teeth. And I looked in the mirror and my eyes were turning opposite ways. So like one eye was turning out to the right and the other eye was turning out to the left. Um, And I came out to my mom and I was like, 
you know, if I could just like get my eyes to work together, it would be fine. I could see and like, it would be normal. I was like, I was like, look at them. Like, this is the problem. They're not working together. And when at the time my mom, like she didn't um, tell me that she had seen this until later. Cause I don't think she wanted me to freak out, but she told me she could only literally see the whites of my eyeballs when I like turned and looked at her. Um, and as soon as that happened, like she ran downstairs and called a doctor and they were like, look, if this isn't better in the morning, like you've got to take her to the emergency room. Um, and so that like that next morning I woke up and my right arm was tremoring like nonstop. Um, it was just shaking and shaking, shaking. And I, there was nothing I could do to stop it. Like I tried holding it into my body, like putting pressure on it and it just wouldn't. Um, so she was like, we're we're going to the emergency room. Like we're, we got to get to the bottom of this and figure it out. Like it was pretty obvious. My body was in some kind of crisis at that point in time. So she canceled her flight and that's what we did. And they, when I went there, they did like MRI scans to make sure like, cause some of the symptoms with MS, especially like when you are in like a crisis state, like I was at that time, they mimic a stroke. So they were like, we got to make sure like, like, yeah, like you're not having a stroke here with what was going on. Um, so they ruled that out, but through doing the scans, they found out that I had lesions in my brain and my spine. And, uh, they told me that that is like a big indicator of having MS and, um, there's nothing like that they could really do there. So they referred me to a neurologist who, you know, I then went to the next day and she's like, "Um, but actually too, at the time when the ER people had told me this, I'm like, no way this is what's happening to me like i'm young i'm healthy um i didn't even like quite know what ms was at the time but i knew like one person that had it and they were in a wheelchair so like to me it was like uh uh-uh. like i'm yeah. young i'm fit like no way you're yeah. wrong um but then when i went to that neurologist you know she even said the same thing she's like that's what we think this is you need to go for a workup of some more tests So she sent me for like repeat scans to make sure that there was no like inconsistencies there. And then I had like a spinal tap done. Um, That's like another test that they do to kind of find out if you have uh, MS or not. Um, And I came out and told my mom, I was like, she thinks it's MS too. And my mom was like, she like blew up and was like, there's just no way. Like she must've been thinking like the same thing I was when we left the emergency room that day. Um, But like after we got all those tests done, the spinal tap was like going to take a pretty long time to come back. And my mom was kind of like, I can't leave you here in Nashville. You can't see to get yourself around. Right. I've got to get back to my job. Just out Um, of curiosity, what is the spinal tap? I've heard that term, but what does that mean? They stick a needle in between the discs in your spinal cord and they draw fluid out and then they test that fluid for different things. So so in MS, they're looking for these things called like onoclonal bands. And depending on if those bands are present in your fluid, that means you have MS if they're there. So they had found bands in my fluid like later on once that did come back. Um, But so, yeah, my mom was like, get back to work. She can't leave me. And so it was basically like, we've got to get back to Pennsylvania and I've got to take you with me. Um, and we got on a flight the next day like my uh brother-in-law booked the flight for us and 
this happened so quick, like literally got home from having all those tests done. And the next morning I was on a flight. Um, and when that was like going on, I had no idea that that was going to be like my last night as Nashville resident, my last like night spent there. Um, I didn't get to say goodbye to any of my friends, nobody at my job, my roommate, like nothing. It was just, I packed up and left and just like kind of left it all behind literally overnight. Um, so then when I got back home, um, we went to see a doctor there, took all the tests to him and he immediately sent me to the ER. He's like, your body's in a crisis. Like we've got to admit you to the hospital. We've got to figure this out quick so we can, you know, get to the bottom of it and prevent anything else from happening. Um, so I stayed in the hospital for about a week, um, just waiting on tests and all that. Um, some of them, they still like, were not going to have back until after they discharged me. But like, while I was there, they knew that my central nervous system was inflamed, whether it was MS or not, they're like, your central nervous system inflamed. So they treated that with like some IV steroids. And then I got discharged kind of after that treatment was all finished and done. Um, and they had sent me to like MS specialists after that. Um, and when I went to him, that's when I like officially got diagnosed. Um, and I remember like being in that room and the doctor telling me, and I, it was weird because I expected to feel something about it. Like I expected to like, you know, either feel sad or angry or, but it was like total numbness. Like it was just like, I, I just remember feeling absolutely nothing. Um, and that was like kind of how I felt about it for a long time. Like I didn't, I didn't like, even just in life in general, like I didn't feel sad about anything in life. I didn't feel happy about anything in life. I didn't feel joyful about anything. It was just this like period of just feeling absolutely nothing. And I mean, it was probably, you know, depression at the time. Um, I was kind of, you know, walking through, um, but I do like, there was kind of a day there where it absolutely just kind of all turned for me where that like numbness totally ended. Um, I remember being kind of at my dresser one morning and I was, you know, taking all my medicine and just kind of like, I think I just kind of had enough of it. (laughs) Like, um, I had like this panic attack and just, you know, started crying. I felt like so overwhelmed and it was kind of like all those emotions that I had either like been suppressing um, about it, like just kind of caught up with me. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Like I'm literally feeling everything right now. And so like, you know, the panic attack is kind of what happened. Um, and the only thing that I could literally think to do when that was happening was like, I've, I've got to pray. Like I have to, the only person I know that can help me right now is God. Um, and I just remember like having this very sincere, honest, prayer with him of just like, I I need your help right now. And I haven't kind of felt your presence in a while. And I just really need you to come in, you know, Mm. take control over this, help, help me through this. Like, I know I can't do this by myself. I'm done trying to do this by myself. Like this is your thing. Like, you know, come help me. Um, and that prayer was answered like so quick. (laughs) Um, and I'm so thankful that it was, um, I, and that prayer, I just think, was just a big turning point for me and my faith and everything. Um, shortly after that prayer, I maybe like a week later, I had found out I won a free month into uh, 
which is like a community for women, you yeah. know, that, uh, shout out to TJ Taylor Jordan. <laughs> yeah. And that, um, community just like, I mean, changed my life in the best way. It was like the biggest answer to that prayer. Um, wow. I needed people that were going to pick me up in a time that I was really struggling. Um, and like that giveaway was definitely like God, you know, I had thought about joining B3 for a little while before this all happened. And I was like, I was scared to, but it was kind of like God being like, stop being shaken about it. Here you go. You know, get in there and just trust me and let me do what I need to do with this. Um, right. And like, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Like every single day of my life, because it just really, really, really changed absolutely everything for me. Um, it's changed my perspective on how I look about my diagnosis um, and all of that. I'm not angry, you know, about it anymore um, at all. I think I told you like we were on the phone before that, like, it's actually something that I feel, ble- you know, blessed about. I've been able yeah. to look at it as a scope of like it being a blessing because not only like, has it brought me closer to Jesus? Like to me, that is like the biggest thing. It's like, I would not, the relationship that I have with Jesus now, I would not be willing to trade all those dreams in Nashville, everything that I had there that I thought was so great. Like the relationship I have with Jesus, if somebody was like, you could have that life back. If you give me that, I, I wouldn't do it. Um, it's just, it's too special to me. It's become like this incredible thing. And the other thing where it's been a blessing too, is it's made me like more compassionate as a person. Um, you know, more understanding of other people in their situations. And, um, it's made me be able to, you know, be kinder to other people. And it's just definitely like, like totally changed my heart. Um, no, hundred percent. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I was, I was, that was awesome. Like, I love that the chain of train of events, uh, chain of events, train. Yeah. Chain of event. I'm trying to think the right word, the chain of events that kind of led you to where you are right now, but it's just like, that was so many things that like one time, like back to back to back. And it's just like to have, man, there's so many things I want to cover, but like the first question I really want to ask you when it comes to that, like the, 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 what you were doing with Garth Brooks and such, that was, was it fair to say that was your dream job more so? Absolutely. Like growing up as a kid, it was like, and everybody told me I couldn't do it. They were all like, it's not going to happen. You need to dream something more realistic, like go into medicine, go into graphic design, like all, everyone was like, just hang up on it. All my teachers at school, my parents, but like, I'm very strong willed. So I was like, I'm not like, let's go. I'm doing doing this. Um, right. And I, I literally like my car with all my stuff, slept on an air mattress, like had no bed, like nothing, like didn't even have a place to live and just went down there. Um, really? It was just like a total whim of faith. Yeah. So it really. What? How old were you when this happened? Like when? What? Like when? When did this happen? I I was probably about twenty. Okay. And you just packed up everything, yeah. and like you didn't I, know I just, like where you're gonna live or anything, or. No, I just I, I slept on a friend's couch for a little bit, and then I got an apartment shortly after. But <laughs> like, go. I I just I went for it, and uh, wow. like having that job in the music industry was like pretty much the only thing I ever wanted in life for the most part. So when I, when I ended up getting one with somebody like Garth, it was like, this is, 
great. Like I didn't, I expected to kind of have to work my way up the ladder out of school. You know, I expected to have some jobs that, you know, were going to be a little rough to get there, but to be handed that like right out of college was, it was incredible. And I I mean, I loved, I absolutely loved it, but. um, Yeah. And how did that opportunity present itself? I remember you telling me about that, like, tell us, tell you know, listeners out there, how did that opportunity present itself? So my college, like they have a portal you can go in and look for jobs. And I was just kind of like going on there and applying for different ones. And they called me like the afternoon they got my application. Um, (laughs) And they were like, can you come down here for an interview? And I'm like, sure. They're like, can you come down in like an hour? And I'm like, well, I got to get like half presentable here for an interview. (laughs) So I like quickly get dressed, like get brush my teeth or something. Yeah. Yeah. Go down there. And there like the whole time I'm like is this real like am I being punked like it was just kind of like the whole thing just felt kind of like off to me but really? like while I was there I mean people there were super nice like they were all nice but like everything about the interview process was so atypical that it just felt weird like you really? know um but I pretty much like getting hired on the spot like the guy literally like told me right after he's like so when can you start working for us i'm like whatever you want and i just started in a matter of days um so i mean i guess they might have needed somebody in a pinch but it was it ended up working (laughs) out really well (laughs) right place at the right time and you you talked about too like you got the opportunity to meet garth as well and like you know all that all that too right yeah he would come in the office uh quite a bit and um the cool thing about him is like, he also has a marketing background. He has a marketing degree. So like, he was very involved in like a lot of his, uh, you know, the, the marketing side of his career. Um, and a lot of the things like he would come up with were pretty creative, which is probably why like he kind of stands out among some of these other artists because he is like very innovative and creative with how he actually does the business side of his, um, career compared to some other people. So, Yeah. So the reason I wanted to ask that, I think it was, I think it was cool. Like the, 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 the stick to that you had and like to just make up your mind, like I'm going to do this and you did whatever was necessary to make it happen. So I love that aspect of, it. I think there's a huge lesson in that, like whatever you want, you have the opportunity to make it happen, but you got to be willing to pay the price to make it happen. Kind of a thing. Yeah. And the second of all, like, what was it like? I mean, cause like you said, like that was something that you had dreamed about people told you, yeah, you're not going to, you know, get that. It's not going to happen. Like, forget about it, Lindsay, whatever your pipe's a pipe dream, whatever. Like you dreamed about it. It can't, it came, it came to fruition. And then all of a sudden MS happens. And then you essentially get that stripped away. Like, what was that like? I mean, it was hard. It, it was definitely very hard. Um, and I definitely went through a really long period of time where it was just like, I mean, and still like, there's kind of like this closure there that I didn't quite get with you know everything with it being so yanked away so quickly for me um i forget what i was gonna say with that (laughs) i was going somewhere and my brain forgot it Um, like you're talking about closure and you're talking about you know like you have this opportunity that you'd worked so hard for yeah yeah yeah. i've been trying i've been trying to actually like kind of go back um and visit like some of my friends like b3 our retreats are actually there quite often um oh, yeah, I've been trying yeah. I've yeah I've been trying to go back there um it just hasn't happened yet and I think you know like that closure will come when I can 
go back and visit but like it's that like it's still a longing struggle for me i think like missing that part like even though i said i wouldn't trade anything you know you know i wouldn't give up where i am now for that it's still you know there's still kind of like a grieving process with it if that makes sense Oh, for sure. I mean, it's just something that you know that you work several years for, and then all of a sudden it gets taken away overnight. And you didn't really have a proper opportunity to say your goodbyes or you know whatever have you. So that yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and honestly, like that whole journey in Nashville, like me pack, like having that faith of just like packing up and and leaving. Like I didn't even have a job, um, and I this is kind of like another really cool part that God played kind of in this whole story in general. I was at in one of my classes and my professor was like, I have this family from my church and they, um, he has a wife who's in a wheelchair and she needs help. Um, and they're willing to hire some students to come in their home and help her. Would anybody like to, you know, be, would anybody be interested? Um, and I used to do some work with special needs kids and things like that. So I'm like, you know what? I'll, I (laughs) threw my hand up. I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Like, Sure. I went there, um, house and you know, I, in my head, I was just thinking that she was like paralyzed, you know, from like the waist down type thing, you know? Um, right. but when I got there, she was a quadriplegic on a ventilator. Um, wow. she was in a car accident with her grandkids on uh, Christmas day and fractured up on like her C2, uh, in her spinal cord. And wow. so like they, that was another job there where I went and they were like, just kind of see if you can do this and let us know what you think. If you want to work for us, like go ahead, you know, we'd be happy to have you. Cause I think sometimes like jobs like that are harder to find people that are willing to do them. Yeah, um, hard to fill, for sure. And I was, you know, I went there and I'm like, I think I'm a little bit in over my head here, but I ended up, you know, going for it. And I ended up working for that family for pretty much the entire time through college and what I didn't I like I knew I was placed with that family for a reason like while I was working for that family like their relationship with God is like incredible I learned so much from them but this woman the way she carried you know what God handed to her she she did it with so much grace and quite honestly looking back now I got to meet her because she was kind of like a role model to me with what I now have to carry in my life. Um, I didn't know it at the time, but like now looking back on it, it's kind like a lot of the times when I'm thrown into situations, it's kind of like, well, you know, what, what did she, you know, do about like, how did she handle it? And it, I think back and it kind of gives me a little bit of a reality check because she was such a great example to me through, you know, how to handle suffering and being handled suffering. Um, mm. and that's a job I probably would have kept working forever, but she ended up passing away like my last, you know, my last year of college. Um, wow. but yeah, that was, that was definitely, I, I feel like I was almost down to Nashville just to meet her, you know, yeah. like she played such an instrumental part in my life that it was like, kind of even like looking back on it now, like kind of all that was like just to meet her so that she could be an example for me moving forward in my life. Um, even yeah. though she's not here anymore, she's an example every day. Um, so. so what is the, so from, from her experience, from your experience working with her, what was, what is the best way to deal with suffering? Um, 
prayer and seeking God and leaning on God through the whole thing. Like she did not miss a morning of scripture and worship. Like she could barely talk and uh, because of the ventilator, but she would just be singing out to God, like in some of her hardest times. Um, And to me, like, I feel like singing and worshiping, like from your mouth is so powerful because like when those words start coming out of you, your mind starts to shift you know, the depression breaks and the anxiety breaks as you, you know, are singing out to God Mm -hmm. and you're singing out his truth. Um, And I saw that with her all the time. She was so joyful despite like, you know, not being able to function in pretty much any part of her body. Um, She still just absolutely loved the life she had no matter what. And it was such a good example. Dude, I, I love that so much. And I, I thank you for sharing that story. I remember, you, you know, I don't think you touched on that the first time we talked. So I love that that got brought up because that's such a, that's, yeah. that's powerful, man. It reminds me of, uh, uh, what is it? Nick Sansonisasso, a gentleman who was born, um, I think it was called, um, he's got a syndrome that's called hand heart syndrome where he was born without any legs. And he has one arm that is not fully developed. It's got like one finger on his, uh, I think it's like his left arm, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, it, it, one of the things that he talks about and like his, his family raised him to where, you know, he was not babied. He, they didn't treat him like a handicap or anything like that. They treat him like a regular kid. And one of the things he talks about, he's like, the only handicap you have is a bad mindset. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, hearing your story or hearing her story, it's just like, that is so true. You know, I like, yeah. how many people do we know are able-bodied, if you will, you know, perfectly healthy, if you will, that, find every excuse under the sun to look for the negative, to look for the bad, to like, Oh, woe is me. And this and that it's just like, what? And then you see yeah. someone else that's had, you know, by all means, you know, reasonable means a worse life, if you will, worse hand, you know, dealt to them. And yet they're able to do incredible things. It's just, uh-huh. it's just such a true, you know, you know, axiom of life. I feel like. Yeah. She wouldn't let it stop her. Like she go out shopping and everything. And like one day she actually told me and I'll like, I'll never forget. It It was like, um, and she had tears in her eyes as she was telling me, she's like, you know, when we're spending time together, she's like, I totally even forget that I'm in this wheelchair. And like, to me, that was like really special one that she can even do that, that she can enjoy life so much that, you know, she forgets about all that. But like, I also just kind of felt touched that I even had like a big, impact on her life kind of like she did for me um yeah that's cool i love that and like you you talked about before um you know you were living in nashville and such and you had talked about how during this time like you said you know you literally didn't even have an opportunity to say bye to proper goodbye to friends and such like you literally you know came home from the doctor and the next morning you you and your mom were flying back to pennsylvania and uh, like what was going through your mind whenever you, you know, essentially had to move home to, you know, to live with mom and dad. Now you couldn't drive if I'm not mistaken. If I remember our conversation before, like, what was that yeah. like to lose your independence like, like that? It was, it was hard for a while. And I think I really struggled with it. I think my parents probably saw me struggle with it because I was like very short and like snippy for quite some time. Like it was just kind of <laughs> like, understandably so yeah yeah it was just it was really hard because my parents like they love me so much like I have I'm so blessed to have very like loving very caring parents um and I just didn't like that space that I had that I enjoyed having I didn't have it anymore because like you know their love for me was coming into that so it took it took me some time to like I first I was like angry about 
like losing the dependence, but it took me some time to kind of shift and be like, you know, this is my parents loving me. Like I need to let them, I need to let them love on me and just kind of, you know, step back and stop trying to uh, be stubborn and control. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of a common theme in my life. And it was just kind of like, I need, you know, the other thing is too, like accepting help for me is hard and I needed their help. I needed to depend on them. And so like, it really took time to humble myself to, know that it was okay to accept help um and to you know need people um that that was like the biggest thing for me it was really just kind of getting myself to know that it was okay to need help not just from my parents but from god as well um during that time yeah for sure and i I love the fact that whenever you got to that low point you said you just you you just prayed right and like you talked Mm -hmm. about um, you know, just leaning in on God and prayer and Jesus and everything, which I love. But like, what was your faith like during that time? Like, how, were you like constantly growing with God? Like, were you like on fire, like reading your Bible every day, going to church? Like, like what was what was your relationship? How would you describe your relationship with God prior to, you know, obviously right now it's, you know, growing dramatically. Right. But mm-hmm. what was it like during that process? During that process, it there wasn't much there at all. Like, I in God. I went to church during that time, but it was a matter of me just, I was going through the motions, um, doing what I had to do to, you know, whatever I thought I was supposed to do. There was no genuine, there was no genuineness to any of it. Um, prayer, it was like, it didn't happen much. Um, probably because I was so consumed in the thoughts that the enemy was trying to spit at me the whole time that I just like, I didn't even think to turn to prayer. Um, you know, honestly, until that moment, like it was for, for the longest time up until then, it was just kind of a lot of, like I said, that numb feeling that I had, it it was mimicked in my faith. Like it was just kind of like, like nonchalant, you know, type thing. Um, and it didn't like, and honestly too, like I was never really taught to taught prayer as the conversation with God. I was taught prayer as you say the Hail Mary, you say the our father, like all those sure. types of things. Like you pray the, these words that were written by other people. Right. And until I honestly prayed that prayer that like came from my heart, I, nothing had changed in my faith until then. Um, so I think that was kind of, you know, a a big important thing was to finally start praying for my heart and not just like doing things that I was told I was supposed to do. Like my heart needed to be seeking God, not just like seeking God, like seeking God because I want to not seeking God because I feel like I have to. Um, And I was doing it because I, I felt like I had to. And then it became, I can't do this without him. I need, I absolutely need him. Um, And so it just, it completely changed my faith. I, you know, I, I went, I guess, kind of from being a very like religious person to being somebody that just has a heart that's after Jesus, you know, from religion to relationship more so. Yeah. 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 Were you, ever, did you ever find a time uh, during this whole process that you were like mad at God, like, God, like, why would you allow this to happen to me kind of a thing or what? Absolutely. Like during, like during that time that I, you know, was kind of just like, numb about it i had there was a lot of lies that the enemy was telling me all the time like 
you know, you're going to end up in a wheelchair. Nobody even cares about you because I had, I had lost a lot of friends during that time too. So it was like, nobody cares about you. You're going to be alone forever. Like, you know, all these things were spinning in my head and like probably the worst lie that I believed was that like, you know, if God loved you, he would have never done this to you type thing. Um, And that's kind of like, I bought into that for so long and it's really sad that I did because like now I know God did this to me because he loves me. He allowed it to happen because he loves me, not, not because he doesn't love me. Um, So my thought on that is totally different now than it used to be um, over the whole thing. Yeah. Well, what do you, so I, I love that answer and I a hundred percent agree. Like, but what would you say to a person that's listening right now? Cause I, I love asking, especially on this series and such, you know, showcasing people what, you know, well, I haven't asked as well. Are, are, are you, are you believing for, for healing as well from, from MS? Or are you kind of just looking at this? Like, you know, what, this is a blessing and I'm going to showcase God's goodness through this as well. Or like, what, what are you thinking? I'm not sure if I've ever asked you that question directly yet. Um, I do like, I do, I pray for healing. I actually just had this conversation with my mom the other day. I was like, you know, I, I pray for healing all the time. Like obviously anybody would want to be free from something that, you know, is hard, any, you know, kind of challenge, like anything painful, any kind of pain, any suffering, like we'd all love to be free from it. Um, but if God doesn't from that, like, it's okay. You know, if he doesn't, because I know that there's still good in this. And quite honestly, like I found that a lot of the purpose in this is he's bringing me closer to him through that. And if that's what comes out of it, then great. Like, um, listening to your conversation with Sarah and Brandon the other day, and she said something that just like gave me complete chills. Like my whole body (laughs) had goosebumps everywhere. (laughs) Um, she said, you know, if you don't come out of this situation looking anywhere like Jesus, then it's for n- nothing. And yeah. that's like, that's so true. And I feel like that's, you know, kind of what God is trying to do with me in this situation. So like, if he doesn't heal me, it's okay. He's still good. Um, you know, I'm going to still worship him and love him anyways, no matter what, because, you know, I know that in the end, there's going to be some kind of reward for being obedient in a situation like this. Mm, come on. Yes, ma'am. Let's go, dude. So, I, I I wanted to ask that question or preface that um, to ask this question that I asked Brandon and Sarah too. It's like because when it, a lot of people will say like, which is funny to me at this point too, especially with like advancements in like science and learning and like how we know so much more about the universe, so so much that we don't know how we know how much we know about the body and the intricacies of our brain, like the eye and like how everything works, and just like. Anyways, like actually there's a, a great um, note that um, that I have that, uh, uh, what is it? Enzymatic. There we go. Um, this is, a, I was listening to this uh, Christian apologist uh, several years ago and I wrote, I've made a, made a point of putting this note in my phone. It said the possibility of the enzymatic makeup in, our, in your body, just the enzymes alone, bringing about the possibility of life is one in 10 
to the 40,000th power. So that's one with followed by 40,000 zeros behind it. Right. And so I was like, geez, mm-hmm. but like, and then like they said, British mathematician, Dr. Chandra Wick Ramasinghe from uh, the former professor at Cardiff uh, Wales, University in Wales, he, his colleague, uh, that, that's one of the things that he said, his colleague though, um, an English astronomer, Frederick Hoyle said the chances of that are, you know, the enzymatic, you know, in, you know, chances of, enz- of the enzymes is coming about bringing about the in- possibility of life. He said the chances of that are as slim as a tornado going through a junkyard and producing a jumbo 747 as a result. And I've heard it also said before, it's like, you know, it's not a matter of like the, cause people talk about, well, you know, there's, there's not enough, you know, there's not enough, uh, what is it? There's not enough proof of the existence of God, right? There's not enough proof. It's like, is it more so a lack of evidence or is it more so a suppression of the evidence more so it's like, cause of what that evidence now entails because your life mm-hmm. then has to change your way of doing things has to change and such. And so it's like, well, let me just go ahead and suppress that and say, you know, I will, you know, science doesn't support the existence of God and it, just ignore everything else. But the reason I'd say that not to talk about, you know, uh, you know, apologetics and like all that kind of stuff and whatnot, but um I love those kind of conversations as well. But the reason I bring that up more so is like for someone who's skeptical about, you know, about, about God, right. Someone who, you know, they call it, this term drives me nuts, but when they call it like, Oh, like your sky daddy or whatever have you, like, how could you believe, you know, this, you know, this, you know, this, oh, super being in the sky and whatever have you. Right. Whenever someone says like, and they're skeptical about the existence of God, or maybe they're agnostic, like, I don't know if there's a God, but it's like, if there is a God though, and they might ask this question, like, okay, Lindsay, if, if God is so good, this God that you talk about, if God's so good, how could he allow something like this to happen to you? I mean, I already see, you know, kids dying of cancer. I see, you know, wars and I see, you know, famines, I see rape, all this kind of stuff. It's like, if God is so good, how is he allowing that much less? How is he allowing this to happen to you? Like, what do you say to people like that? Well, one of the things like I, when we read the Bible, like we always know that there's a guarantee that we're going to suffer in life. Like that's just, it's kind of like, um, you almost consider it like tough love kind of your parents, you know, it's <laughs> not that it's not yeah. that he doesn't love you, but like there's things right. that you have to do for him to teach you, to get you to the place that he wants you to, you know, to be. Um, but you know, he will allow suffering in our lives. He doesn't inflict it, but he will allow it. And his promise to us is that he's going to redeem that suffering. Like there's going to be good things that are going to come out of it no matter what. So you just kind of have to hold on to that promise of like, you know, the goods coming. And I know like, even like the woman I talked about that I used to work for, like she changed so many lives by leaning into what God was trying to do through her suffering um you know god changes so many people for the better just by kind of you know having those examples in the world um so i don't think it's you know it's not it's not a bad thing you know to have to suffer it it really is like a you know a blessing to do that because it just changed it changes you it completely changes you like i said my heart is different i'm more compassionate i'm kinder i you know my mind thinks totally different than it used to for sure um because i think too like it's allowed me to be more fixed on eternity and not the world um i didn't like before like i believed in heaven but now it almost kind of feels more tangible and more real um to me through everything 
Um, so that's another, you know, blessing that I've had and just kind of being able to live in the moment more and appreciate each day more rather than having all these worries all the time. He's kind of freed me from that type of thing. Um, so he, I mean, even though it, it to the surface, it seems bad. Like I know a lot of my doctors get aggravated with me because they're like, you should go to therapy. Like you should go to therapy. Like you should be anxious about this. You should be depressed. I'm like, I'm not because I know like I'm okay. God has this. I'm okay. Um, wow. and it's not that like therapy is not a bad thing. Like, you know, some, there's a lot of, you know, it does a lot of good out there, but in my course, situation, yeah. like, it's like, I prefer to go to God as my counselor and they get, it makes them mad that I'm like content and okay in a situation where I shouldn't be. Um, but it's when you just kind of know God has everything, you, you feel totally okay in circumstances that are a little bit rocky. Like you can feel very firm and safe. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I love that so much. It's just, but that's so true. It's like, if you realize like God's got this under control, like there's, and we if you read, if, especially that's why it's so important, which I'm grateful you touched on. It's like, that's why it's so important to read your Bible. That's why it's so important to get in the word, because if you know the word, then you read verses like John 16, 33, which says in life, you will have troubles. You know, it's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like it, you know, God just, you know, let, you know, has everything, you know, just it's not like everything is a surprise to God. It's like, like, Oh, Hey, you know, Lindsay got MS. Oh shoot. Gabriel. Like it's not like God's in heaven. Like, Oh shoot. Gabriel. Like you're know, talking to the archangels and went on like that. Yeah. That was a, uh, didn't see that one coming, bro. Sorry about that. Lindsay, you know, it's not, that's not, that's not how it is, you know, it's like, yeah. but it's like, if we read the Bible, we see like, you know, Hey, like, you know, in life, we'll have troubles, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Then you read verses like Romans eight twenty eight that God works everything together for our good. Right. And then mm-hmm. we talk, we read, there's that verse in uh, I think it's first or second Corinthians that talks about right now we see in part, but when we, whenever we get to heaven, we'll see it, we'll see it in complete, right. We'll see it in full. Uh-huh. And it's like, we have to realize it's like, y'all, the more that you dive in and you learn more about God's character, you realize he's a good father. And since he truly is working everything to everything together for our good and for his glory, it's like, yeah, there's going to be a time for sure. Just like you talked about, right? Like you, you were, you know, kind of depressed. You were at a low, you, I'm sure you cried multiple times and whatnot. You were mad at God. Right. But like, once you collect yourself and you're like, all right, listen, Lindsay, I'm a strong woman here. I can do this. God, what is the, what is the purpose through this pain? What is, how can I bring glory to you? And it's like, man, like you, you, you got it. Like you talked about, you got into prayer and you got into the word and you started learning. God started showing you things, making the connection. Just like that lady that you talked yeah. about, like the one, like what were the, what were the odds that you were sitting in that room and they, Hey, we have an opportunity for this woman to be, you know, we need someone to work with her and whatnot. And you just so happen to raise your hand, not even knowing like she was, you know, quadriplegic. You were thinking, Oh, she's yeah. probably in a wheelchair and you know, just an old, old woman needing some help around the house. Like, no. And like all the things that she was able to teach you. It's just like, I I just love how God just works it all together for our good and his glory. I I just, I just love that so much because it's like, and I'm grateful you brought up that quote from Sarah. It's like, if I don't go through this, looking more like God, looking more like Jesus, then it's a waste of my time. I was basically in, in a way of saying it as well. You were not stewarding it. Well, that's what it's all about. It's about stewardship. Like, what we walk through is no surprise to God. Like if you mm-hmm. like, like lose, like for instance, I have some, um, some friends of mine that lost, uh, 
tragically lost their little girl. She was probably at the time, I want to say like five, six, seven, somewhere around that age. And she had an inoperable uh, brain tumor and she ended up dying and terrible, right? Terrible tragedy. Yeah. But what was what's been incredible though is this same family has opened up a charity in her name and they're be, be, they've been more intentional with their family during this time because of her as well. So it's like they they found the good. It still is painful, right? So I mean, it's still more mm-hmm. as a loss. It's still a, it's still a child, right? So I mean, and no no parent, no mother, no no father should have to walk through that. But at the same time, they found the good and they realize that God's faithfulness has been there through the entire time, and it's just it's just so powerful. That's why I just love stories like yours. It's listening to this. Cause it's just so it's like, wow. It's like, yeah, you know what? This does suck <laughs> to our limited thinking, but it's like, whenever you look at the fact that God sees the whole picture and he works everything together for our good, it's like, okay, well I'm working this together for your good, bro. Like, yeah, you might not see it, but just press into me, surrender and continue getting close to draw near to me. And I'll come close to you. James for it. We draw near to God. He comes close to us. It's like, He's going to work it together for our good. He's going to equip us and empower us to get through it in a better way too. And it's just a matter of keeping that, you know, having your time for your pity party and then get right back in the saddle, if you will. And then you yeah. know, figure out what got, what the plan is God has for you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And for me, I always have kind of held on to that verse in second Corinthians where Paul talks about like the thorn in his flesh and how oh, yeah. like he, you know, he begs God to remove it from him, but God wouldn't do it. And that's, you know, kind of like, you know, me asking for healing all the time. Like I relate to that a lot, but the other thing that God says is like, you know, his power is made perfect in weakness. So like when he, when we are dependent on him, when we need him like that, that's when he can be glorified even more. So, um, yeah, you know, worse to like, right. Like I was in a place where I was so vulnerable that I just felt like I couldn't even carry myself anymore. But he picked me up and he carried me and he showed me how to get through this. And that that's like where his glory comes through. And that's where people start to see God. Like I saw it in the woman that I used to work for. It was like he I told my mom all the time. I was like, I have never met Jesus pre- more present in a person than through her. Like it was almost like you felt like he was right there every time wow. you were with her. Um, so yeah, that's that yeah. verse. Like I always kind of go back to that a lot of the times as like a reminder for perspective on everything when I do, cause I, you do still have tough days, you know? Um, like I just kind of went through something where I got a bunch of new symptoms lately. I went through a flare up and like, it's going to impact the rest of my life. These symptoms are going to be with me forever. That's kind of how MS works. Um, and it's definitely tested me again. Um, but when it does that, like, you know, I always have to get back in the word and read things that I know are going to remind me about the purpose in this. So I, you know, don't go back to that place that I used to be in. Um, right. yeah, for but it's sure. de- are definitely you still- diligent work. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I, I think you were telling me that right out right as we were calling, like you talked about like your hand just randomly started moving, you know, bending backwards and such. And like you had to go get therapy uh, because of that. It's just like, something new every day. It's just like, Hey man, but I just, that's why I admire your attitude because it's just, man, like, and I'm grateful to you. You're transparent in that as well. It's like, you have your moments, you know, you have your days mm-hmm. and, uh, but you can still, you know, continue getting back in the saddle, continue looking for the good and continue moving forward. That's super admirable. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Def- I mean, it definitely is not going to come easy every day, but that's faith, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. yeah. And I actually, I heard 
somebody the other day, I can't remember who, but they were talking about like worship in general. And like a lot of the times, like going back to that, like there's days where I don't necessarily feel like worshiping because I just kind of feel defeated, you know, that happens. Um, and a lot of people will say like, you know, worshiping when you don't feel like it, it's not fake. You're not like, you know, it's not a false thing. It's actually an act of faith worshiping, you know, from a place of not, you know, feeling like you can do it because literally when you do like you, you feel chains breaking instantly as soon as you start, you know, worshiping God from a place of just, you know, not feeling like you can handle it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. When I am weak, then he is strong. Mm -hmm. That is so true. Uh, Curious question. Have you like whenever you were before all this happened and such and, and and during this time as well, like, are you still having a desire to, you know, have children someday and get married and such? Like what, what, what does that look like in your life? Since um, this happened? That that's something that's been kind of hard for me. Um, like I, I've kind of, I think at my age, just kind of like me and my peace with it. Like if it comes along and God wills it for my life, then great. But I'm not like going to get like worked up and upset about it if it doesn't happen anymore, if that makes sense. Um, Because, I mean, I am at an age where I'm 33 years old, so I'm getting to the point that like, you know, that could not happen for me. Um, But I have a lot of great nephews that I love spending time with. They're a blast. So like to me, that's kind of like, you know that need being fulfilled. Cause I love kids. So, right. you know, just having them around is, is enough, you know, for me, I think in this season. Living vicariously through them more so. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Well, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm definitely believing that you're going to find the right, the right person too. And I've, I've heard of stories like that too, where like someone, someone was had, had an ailment that came along their way and they ended up finding the right person. Like someone, they just, it just ended up happening. It was just a total God thing as such. So definitely pray and believe in that's going to happen yeah. for you as well. Thanks. Yeah. I'm definitely putting it in his hands and not trying to uh, take control over it on my own. You know, of course, of course. I think um, one of the things that I, that I, I definitely, before I met Tiffany, um, that's one of the things that I was believing for regardless. And it's kind of like the point is like, believe for like, God, if it happens, awesome. If not kind of either way. And I think that's just a great yeah. mindset to be in. You know, because that takes it like, all right, cool. Like I, I have that desire and I know there's a always going to be a God-given opportunity to fulfill a God-given desire. Um, uh-huh. So Lord, if it's your will, I know it's going to happen. And if not, hey, I'm still living for your kingdom and giving glory to you. So either way, it's yeah, Yeah, because I mean, you know that his will is good. So if it's not, yeah. you know, if it's not a part of it, it's, you know, it's just how it's supposed to be. 100%. Yeah, it's funny to me, like whenever we sometimes think like, well, you know, this is my plan, you know, and like, my plan, obviously, is gonna be better than God's plan. It's just like, okay, hold up. The thing it's what is that? I think it's Isaiah 55. Um, that says like, I, my ways are not your ways. My plans are not your plans. They're higher than yours. They're better than yours. <laughs> and, and my trans, the way I kind of look at it more so reading verses like that, it's like, you know what, my ways kind of suck compared to God's ways, you know? And yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just so true. It's like, you know what, man, we make our plan and then God directs our path more so. And uh-huh. uh, his ways are always better than ours. That is for sure. Yep. That's, I mean, I definitely learned that. I guess you could say the hard way, but um, <laughs> there's better ways. To learn, I sure. mean, I, I thought, I mean, I, I looking back, like when I lived in Nashville, like I thought I was at my happiest, but I really didn't even quite know what happiness was. Like I was not 
didn't know joy or anything like that until God kind of totally took over my life. Um, wow. Even though so you most actually people, feel... it doesn't look no, like, I said, even though to like most people, it doesn't look pretty on the surface. Like, it, you know, I definitely like, I have a good life. I, I live a good life, even though it's not like by definition of what like the world considers to be good, you know? Sure. Sure. Like, so, wow. I love that. So you actually, you, you consider yourself like the happiest and most joyful you've been in your life, even going, even walking through this and such, even like before, like, so you're living your dream job and such independent apartment, all that kind of jazz. And you actually now like I, I, you know, living, living with your living back home and such, and like working through MS and like the, you know, you were so you're so employed as well. You still have a job that you've been doing, you're working through as well. Um, but it's like, you actually consider yourself happier now more so on the other side of all this. Yeah. I, I mean, because quite honestly, back then I was, I was missing Jesus the whole time. And that's like a massive Amen. piece of the puzzle. Like if you don't have that, you're not, <laughs> you can feel You can feel like you have everything, but you don't like, I didn't feel like I had everything I needed until like I stepped into having a relationship with him. Um, I, I kind of felt like I absolutely had, you know, nothing until that point. So, and now I feel like completely fulfilled in every aspect, which is like, you know, that's what he can do for you. Um, he can definitely fulfill every corner of your life, even when you feel completely empty. Yeah. Wow. I love that so much. There, there, you just reminded me of uh, that. This one song, I think it's just called, I thank God. I think it's by Maverick city music. The guy's like, mm -hmm. he picked me up. He turned me around, placed my feet on solid ground. I think the master, I think the savior, I thank God. You, you, you were welcome to sing along with me at that point. <laughs> it's, it's all good. I'll, I'll take the solo. It's all good. But that's what I just, wanted to, I just wanted to see them the other night and they sang that one. Oh really, dude? I, that yeah. would have been such a good show. I I, I oh, need to go. Uh, I need to go see them at like, live whenever they're in town next time. Yeah, you need to. It was it was really good, really good. I could imagine. So, like, what do you do for uh, for work um, today nowadays? I remember we had talked about that briefly the last time we talked. Yeah. So I um, basically I used to love thrifting as a kid. Um, in high school, I invested a lot of time in basketball, but I wanted um, money to be able to do my own thing. I didn't have time to get a job, but I like wanted extra cash. So I started like going to the thrift store, buying clothes, selling it online. And I did that <laughs> even through college to pay my rent. And then when yeah. I ended up coming back home, I'm like, how, what can I do here that like allows me to be able to do something to make money? And, you know, at least like fill my time, have something to pour my energy into in a positive way. Um, but also like when I don't feel good or when I have problems, it's totally okay if I stop. Um, right. so I started doing that again. Um, I sell mostly like on Poshmark. So I have like my own page there where basically everything I thrift, I sell on there. Um, and that's kind of what I do for a living. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It just reminds me of this, the song, but what is it? The... <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that's not the edited version. Never mind. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I think that's such a cool little side side gig that you can do, and uh, yeah. just to, you know, get some extra cash on the side. I think I told you this before. Um, 
uh, we're on the phone. Like I used to buy, uh, you know, back when, you know, you know, when, uh, initially whenever, uh, ripped jeans and such were, were in style, they're still in style actually, but whenever they're first getting in style and they were all the rage back in like the gosh, earlier two thousands or whatever. And, uh, I used to go and buy, uh, you know, old, old, old Navy jeans off the, off the internet. And then I come home and I get my dad's grinder and I'd grind them up real quick to get the destroyed look on them. I take them out back and I'd spread our paint on them. And then I put the jeans on myself and I take off sprinting into the, in our backyard and I just fall down on my knees to like get grass stains on them and such. And, uh, <laughs> ended up selling them on eBay for a profit, man. It was a nice little side gig for a little bit there. So. That's uh creativity at its finest right there. Right. <laughs> I thought so too. You know, I never made it never made it big time. It was only like gosh, hey. four four or five pairs of jeans, but you know, hey, it was something. So Yeah, you made some cash. It it works. Absolutely. Absolutely. But well, hey, before we get close to uh wrapping this thing up, was there anything else that uh that you wanted to to add to uh to this before we start closing? Um, I'm trying to think if there I mean, not, not that I can think of off the top of my head. We kind of like, I think we touched on a lot of the big things, um, the big instrumental things that kind of happened. I did write, <laughs> write everything down so I didn't forget some no. of like the big <laughs> things. Cause I mean, it had, like you can't, every part of God's story is so like intentional. Like you can't miss a part of it, you know? Yeah. Um, it all, it all plays a purpose down to even just the tiny, tiny little things, the little details. No, no, I, I agree. I think the the little details of everything, it's just so incredible too. Like uh, I was even just thinking about this with, uh, with Tiffany and I recently, like it's been cool to see how she and I have grown like over the last, you know, several months that we've been dating and such. And it's just been cool to see like God's faithfulness show up time and time again. And I just think his timing uh, with like the small details is incredible. And is. I just, it's uncanny too. Sometimes it's just like, wait a minute, hold on. What? <laughs> but here's like, I mean, here's another small detail too. That is actually kind of crazy. Like the, I told you the woman that I worked for, she had a shoot her, uh, spinal cord was fractured at like her C2 level. And yeah. one of my most problematic lesions is right in that spot is really? in, the C, in the C2 also, which to me is just kind of like just a little like small, like God wink. Um, as like a reminder of her a lot of the times when I'm going through this. Yeah. That you, he's got you in his hands, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, what was for, for, I had one, I had another question too. What is it? What is a lesion as well? Like I, you remember, I remember you saying that earlier. What is that exactly? So with MS, what happens is like your immune system attacks the coating on your nerves um, mm. and it like eats it away. So that's like when that is happening, that's when like the new symptoms start coming out when that attack happens and it will, when, after the attack happens, the, where it got eaten away, will begin to scar over. Um, and that's like what the lesions are. That's basically a bunch of scarring, which sclerosis means scar. Um, so there's a bunch of scars from like the coating of my nerves and my nervous system being in the way in my brain and down my spinal cord. Um, and that's, that's kind of what they are there, but just basically like scars healing back over from, you know, the damage that happens. Wow. Dang. Well, before I, before we start wrapping it up and such, I wanted to ask you, um, a, a, another question too. I just thought of, um, 
What would be your encouragement to someone who may be walking through um, MS themselves, or maybe it's cancer, maybe it's a uh, loss of a loved one, maybe it's divorce, maybe it's uh, just any kind of hard thing, looking for a job, uh, you know, bankruptcy, whatever it is, like what would be your word of encouragement for someone who's walking through their version of what you're walking through? My best advice is probably you know, to pray all like that to me is always like the most important thing when you start talking to God and you start having conversations with him and even just kind of asking him things about your situation, he's going to show you that it's okay. And he's going to help pave the way for you. Um, if you invite him in and let him in. So like prayer is kind of that first step of giving him that invitation to take over your situation and help you through it. Um, and I can promise you, he's, he's going to show up if you you know, are willing to, to give that up to him. Um, you know, he's one, probably one of the only ways like you can, I can't imagine getting through anything hard without him. Um, yeah. I don't know how people do hard things without God. Um, I think that's kind of like the best advice I could give is to just find your way to him because you're going to find your peace there. You're going to find your joy there. Um, you know, you're going to be content and it's, you're going to find that it's going to be okay because he's going to show you that, um, you know, even if it doesn't, even if the end result isn't quite what you want it to look like it, you know, it's still going to be okay. Yeah. No, I love that. Well, there, there was a question that I, that I remember it came up in my head while I was, while I was listening to you talk and then it just went away. So Holy Spirit, bring that back. If it's a question that needed to be asked, but nonetheless, anyways, wanted to, uh, before we start wrapping this up, I wanted to acknowledge you, Lindsay, uh, for coming on this show and just say, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. Um, I think your attitude, like I've already said, is incredible. Um, I think having the wherewithal to not only trust in God, look for the good, but then showcase that story to other people too and just like hey yeah you know if you have it even if he doesn't kind of a faith you know like like it talks mm -hmm. about in daniel 3 you know like hey my god has the ability to save me or heal me right but even if mm -hmm. he doesn't i'm still gonna i'm still not gonna change my convictions i'm still going to continue worshiping i'm still going to continue living my life for his good and for 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 his glory and for my good and ultimately to know him more and to make him known even more and so I just admire you for that. I think it's absolutely incredible. And I love your transparency too. Like you have your bad days, bad moments, right? But you also make a point of always getting back in the saddle and then continue moving forward. So I just admire that about you. And I just think that's incredible. So I just wanted to encourage you with that and keep it up. That's absolutely oh, thank amazing. you. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I appreciate you having me on. Um, it was great being a part of it and talking to you today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Man. Well, we have two, um, two final questions that we ask every guest on the qualified First question that um, first question is, how does someone chase their potential to become the person they were created to become? I I think the probably the best way to chase your potential is to converse with God about kind of what that might look like for you, um, because what, like I said before, when you involve Him, He's going to strengthen you to do it. Um, but it also has to align with His will. It can't be your plan and your potential. It has to be hit you know his plan for you um Thanks. so the yeah, more that good. you can involve him as you go through that um you know the better it's gonna be Dang. I, that's one of my favorite answers too. i never thought of it that way it's like it's gotta be god's plan and god's potential for you not your plan and your potential i love that that's good stuff i love that last question what is living a life that makes a positive impact look like for you 
Um, for me, I think it's just always making sure that I glorify God in everything I do. Um, even if that means like, you know, sharing my story and making sure that he's sh shown through that, um, making sure that I am loving others in a way that, you know, he would love other people. Um, you know, trying to help people the best that I can, just kind of always making sure that I'm acting like Jesus the best way that I possibly can in every little detail of my life. Even if that's like, you know, giving up uh, a seat for somebody that needs it or holding a door open for somebody, even just, you know, small, tiny things, just kind of always making sure that you're doing those little tiny details that align with, you know, what Jesus would do through your life. Right. Amen. Love that. Love that. Y'all, um, and while you were talking, I just I, I thought about doing this new thing. Or before we start talking too, I thought about this, and this is a great opportunity to tie this in. So um, y'all, the podcast is called The Qualified. And whenever and also the reason too why I have so many different voices speaking in the beginning, like when you listen to the episode, you'll hear this is the qualified, the qualified, or whatever have you. It's because all of us on this earth are what I refer to as the qualified. You know, I refer to all the listeners of this podcast as the qualified family because we're all qualified to make a difference with this beautiful gift of life that we've been given, guys. And but to live the qualified life, one, a few takeaways, which I'm sure I'm going to miss several, but a few takeaways from this episode that I wanted to encourage you with to live the qualified life, the life that you are put on this earth to, to live, the life that God has qualified you and, and created you to live. You're going to have to go through difficult times. You're going to have to go through difficulties. Your difficulty may not necessarily be walking through multiple sclerosis. Your difficulty may be getting laid off from a job. How are you going to go through that? Your difficulty may be dealing with infertility, as we talked about with Brandon and Sarah's story. Your difficulty may be infidelity in your marriage. I don't know. I hope none of those things happen. But at the same time, your difficulty may be one of those things. How are you going to respond to that difficulty? Whenever you walk through it, how are you going to be able to reflect? How are you going to be able to, you know, have your moment to, you know, you know, to have experience the pain, experience the heartache, whatever have you, and then look to God and be like, God, okay, you're my source. You're the one that knew this was going to happen. How can I respond in a way that brings glory and honor to your name? And so Y'all, the point being to live the qualified life, you're going to have to go through hard times. But what makes the difference is how you steward your response to that difficulty. Are you going to respond in a way that makes you, the, that empowers you? Or are you going to respond in a way that disempowers you? That makes you the victor or the victim? There was a great, um, a great quote that I recently heard. I'm not sure if it was a, a shirt design that I thought of, or it was something else. Um, Oh gosh, it's uh let me see. I think it might have been uh, I think it might have been a quote. So bear with me. I'm going to look at my quote section. I have this massively and on ongoing quote section in my uh, in my phone that I continue going on. And it says uh oh gosh, maybe it maybe it wasn't that in there, but yeah, you're confused. Da, 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 da. Well, you know what? Never mind. But anyways, but the point of it is you guys, whatever you walk through God, it's not a surprise to God. It's not a surprise to um, to Him. So, how 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 you respond to that is is a difference maker. But also, are you willing? Are you going to be faithful? Just like Lindsay had talked about a second ago, are you going to be faithful with stewarding the little things as well? You know, you have and you got like picking up trash in the in 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 the uh, in the store, or hope opening up a door for someone, or giving your seat up, or whatever have you. Like stewarding those little things well. 
all, everything that we walk through, guys, help us live the qualified life. So that was one of my takeaways from this episode. I'm sure there's plenty more, but it's a couple of things I just wanted to share. Y'all, and that is the show today. Thank you so very much for listening. I truly appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, like we say, please share it out with at least one person. Let them know you enjoyed it as well. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, listen, and you like the show, leave us a five-star review, all right? Y'all, I will talk to y'all very soon. Until that time, chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. Talk to you guys soon. See ya. Hey, what's going on, Qualified Family? Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I trust you enjoyed the message. You know, with the Qualified brand, our mission is to empower you to chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. You know, ultimately the life that you are qualified to live. You know, but it's not about just being qualified on our own. It's about the fact that God has created us with innate value and divine purpose to live for something bigger than ourselves. You know, a life ultimately that is fulfilling and brings glory and honor to Him. You know, so whether you've never had the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or maybe you were like me, you know, and you fell away, kind of did your own, kind of fell away from your faith and kind of did your own thing. I want to encourage you with this. And that is that Jesus still loves you and wants, dude, desires a relationship with you so badly as well. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter how many times you've messed up. It doesn't matter how messed up your past is. It doesn't matter how many times you've missed the mark. It doesn't how many times you, you know, thought you're going to go one way and you went the other way as well. Your purpose still stands. Not only that, regardless of your past, the love of Christ for you still stands as well. You know, and that's the amazing thing, dude. I, I mean, I've made a point of sharing how crazy my past has been and how many times I've messed up. And here's the thing. God is the God of second chances. And not only second, but third, fourth, fifth, infinitely amount of chances, man. He just wants that relationship with you. So would you pray this prayer with me? Just repeat the following. Just say, Father God, Thank you for the amazing work your son Jesus did by dying on the cross and raising again, forever making me righteous, complete, and free from the power of sin. I confess that Jesus is Lord of my life, repent of and ask forgiveness for my sins, and fully surrender my life to you. Use me to make your kingdom great. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first of all, I am so dang excited for the decision that you just made. And I got to tell you this as well. It says in Luke 15, verse 10 in the Amplified Translation, that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So what does that mean to right now? There's a dang party going on in heaven, bro. <laughs> like everyone's going crazy. They're like, hey, this girl, this guy just gave their life to Christ and made the best decision of their life. So seriously, I'm super happy for you and excited for that decision you made. So two things. Number one, I got to tell you, you got to recommend that you need to get a Bible and start reading the New Testament, reading about the life of Christ as well. So whether you download the Bible app off the iTunes store or, you know, for Android, and start reading it there or you know definitely recommend either the amplified translation or the new living translation or even the new king james as a translation as well or if you get a, a physical bible as well and start reading that's great but just make sure you start reading and you know reading the new testament learn about the life of christ and go from there and start growing that in that relationship and spending time with him second of all 
there's a special page that I made specifically for this as well on Qualified Pro's website. That link for that is down below in the description. And it just takes you to some resources that I highly recommend that you get. Books that I've read, um, with the exception of one, there's one called, uh, what is it, Disciplines of a Godly Woman. Clearly haven't read that one. But <laughs> I, uh, I, the other ones I highly recommend, and they're super powerful. This, some great resources that will help you grow, help you improve, and just go deeper in your relationship with Christ as well. So, dude, so happy for you. And if you need anything, definitely feel free to reach out. Uh, Thequalifiedpodcast at gmail.com. Happy to answer any questions that you have. Y'all, have an amazing day. Until next time, chase your potential and live a life that makes a positive impact. We'll talk to you soon. See ya.